This episode of The Shaleen Show is a special episode brought to you by marketingimpactacademy.com. It's an online school that we open up registration to just once a year. If you want to know how to run an online business and you are not tech savvy, if you want to build a better online business, if you don't want to be a slave to your laptop or your phone or to feel like you're constantly on social media, if you don't want to waste a ton of money developing websites or, or spending money on SEO experts, I invite you to check out marketingimpactacademy.com. And if we have already closed registration by the time you hear this message, don't worry, we'll put you on our list and you'll be first to be notified when we open up registration next year. To learn more and to take advantage of my free teaching videos, go to marketingimpactacademy.com. And of course, I'll include a link in my show notes. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Did you know that an elephant weighs between six to eight tons? Elephant trainers in India work with these gentle giants and their, their massive size alone makes them, I mean, deadly dangerous to be around. But what keeps them captive, ready to offer rides to eager tourists, is by tying them with these really lightweight ropes, the strength of which would barely secure a heavyset house cat. So how is that possible? Well, it begins when they're infants, holding these baby elephants hostage by the weight of industrial-sized, heavy chains secured to concrete walls. And the story, the existence that the elephants learn is that they aren't in charge. So as they age, their captors secure them with lighter and lighter weight chains and eventually rope. And then eventually, it's not the rope that's holding them hostage. It's, it's their belief. It's their conditioning. It's the story that they've accepted. Today, I want you to think about what stories you've told yourself, what stories you've accepted, and what stories might be holding you hostage. I want you to think about choosing you, doing scary things, saying no the power of the word no, and learning to say yes to you. This didn't feel like an interview. It felt like sitting down with a brilliantly honest man, having a real conversation over lunch, and I just, I want you to feel that. I want you to picture yourself at that third chair with us. James Altucher is a prolific, legendary blogger. He's an author. He's a former TV host. He's a man who's made and lost millions, and he's lived to tell. He's one of the top podcasters. He's published over 11 best-selling books, including one of my favorites, The Power of No, and Choose Yourself. James is an American hedge fund manager, an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, a husband, a father, a podcaster, and he's just crazy honest. I guess that's why I love his writing. It's the reason why I love his, his podcast show. Like sometimes even myself, I catch myself interviewing someone and I think to myself, I probably shouldn't interrupt them right now, but I, I have a question. And what I love about his show is he asked that question, the question that you're probably asking when you hear experts on my show. James has struggled from feeling completely suicide after losing almost $15 million in just one summer. He talks about, very honestly, what that was like and what it took to pull him out of it. He's just like, I don't know. I, you know what? I want to kind of paint a picture of him, too. I, I think this helps. Like, if you haven't already, go to my blog so you can see pictures of him. I don't know why. That really helps me when I can 
see the face of the person who I'm listening to. But in case you're listening to this in your car and you don't know who James is, picture, um, picture like if Jimmy Fallon and Screech from Saved by the Bell, like if those two were brothers, like James would be the third brother. You know what I mean? Like he's this curly haired, mop top, quirky kind of guy who you'll just hear it. Like every answer, he's not thinking about what you're going to think about him. He's honest. And that's why I'm happy to invite you to join us in this conversation. And it was seriously a conversation where I actually forgot that we were recording until we were a couple minutes into it. And then I I realized that I should probably hit record. I know you're going to love this. Like I was, I would tell myself I'm, I'm working from home. I'm with my children, but I wasn't ever. I wasn't there. I was mentally onto the next thing. Yeah. It's hard when you're an entrepreneur to kind of, um, leave, leave work at the office. Like you can't, you can't really, you have to bring it everywhere. And then it's, then you have to figure out how to balance it out. But you've learned to do that. Sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Well, let's jump into this. Um, I'm recording. Are you cool? Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you is, like for me, it was a serious rock bottom. I felt like in my relationship with my husband and I'd become someone I wasn't. I was just empty and irritable and feeling sorry for myself, which is the worst thing to do. And I I had to make a change. What caused you to say, okay, we've got to do things differently? I think wanting to kill myself made me think that I needed to do things differently. Did you really get suicidal? Yeah, because I I thought I had, so I was dead broke. I I had made a lot of money and then I was just like a drunken rock star on on steroids and I went completely broke. And it wasn't even like I had money on paper and then it went away. I just spent it all. (laughs) And I had two kids and I was thinking, you know, at my peak, I got a really nice expensive life insurance policy. And I was thinking... You know, it would be better for them to have my life insurance policy than for them to have a dad because they were they were so little. They didn't even know who I was at that point. And uh, I mean, they knew roughly, but they were still very little. They would forget me. And uh, I was really considering it. And and then I was thinking, you know, so I was Googling it or not Google at the time. It was like Alta Vista. You're not saying this is like a fleeting thought you had one day. This is a thought pattern you had for a period of time. Yeah, no, I had a plan. Wow. But the problem is, uh, there's really no easy way to do it. Like I, there's no way to do it where they don't know you did it. (laughs) Cause that's important. I should not be laughing at the story, but you are so freaking funny. (laughs) Okay. But tell the story. There's no way to do it so that you, that, that, you know, like for insurance purposes, you can't do that. And so there's no way to do it so (laughs) that people think, Oh, it was an accident or, or he, uh, uh, you know, he just was sick and died. I said to myself, okay, I can't keep feeling like this all the time. It was really bad. And I also needed to figure something out. I was losing my home. I was losing all my, you know, everything I ever had, everything I ever built. And I have to get my act together. And so the first thing was, and this coincides very nicely with how you built your kind of stages of entrepreneurship. I had to get my my physical health together. I couldn't drink every night. I couldn't eat poorly. I had to sleep a little better. And this doesn't mean I had to like exercise every day, like at a gym and lift weights or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's not that has nothing to do with health. That has to do with like you know bodybuilding and all that. I just simply had to get healthy. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is I had to start surrounding myself 
with people who I love and respected and people who respected and loved me. And this is still the case. Like I'm not necessarily the best judge of people. I tend to trust and like a lot of people. Me too. It's hard sometimes. You have to really learn. Do you have somebody in your life who you can ask them because their radar is like spot on, even though you're like, are you sure? I really like them. Are you sure? But they're like always right. Yeah, my my wife's radar is extremely good. And my close friend and business partner, his radar is extremely good. So Mm. they're they're my buffers. They're they're like, you can't do this Mm. with that person. Yeah. And, And when I don't listen to them, Small problems get magnified into big problems. So it might be the case that three years later, what was once a small problem has now become a big problem. And I'm really regretting not following their advice. But uh, not regret. Regret's a strong word. But I, I learned from it that, oh, okay, this is what went wrong here. That mm. That's great, actually, because now I know how to recognize that type of person. Uh, so physical health, emotional health, uh, mental health, uh, which simply means for me, Every day I have to be creative. So I have to write down 10 ideas a day. Mm. They could be business ideas. They could be book ideas, or they could just be just stupid ideas. But most ideas are going to be really bad. So you have to give yourself permission to have bad ideas. But I sort of view creativity as a muscle, Mm. just like leg muscles. If you don't, if you like lie down for two weeks uh, on your bed, you'll actually need physical therapy to walk again because your leg muscles have atrophied so, so quickly. Uh, and it's the same thing with the idea muscle. This is very true. I make sure every day I write down, first thing I do almost when I wake up is I write down 10 ideas and they might be ideas for other businesses. They might be ideas for myself. It might be just stupid ideas, anything. And then finally, uh, spiritual health, which has nothing to do with, you know, prayer or religion, but I just have to make sure I feel grateful every day. Mm. Uh, and I try to think of things that I haven't been grateful for before. Cause like I can always be grateful for my kids and it's sunny outside, but I try to think of things that are difficult to be grateful for. And I try to be grateful for those things. And that's and that's it. So I started doing that. But can I ask before we go much further, because I and I don't at all want to mean by any stretch of the imagination that we want to downplay someone who's experiencing suicidal thoughts. But how do you go from like Googling it to going, OK, nope, not going to do this. I need to make a change. Like what what flipped that switch? Uh, nothing ever flipped it. It was like a dimmer switch. It's like just a slow What's very important is growth. Mm. So if you play tennis every day, but you never improve, uh, you're not necessarily going to be happy with playing tennis anymore. Like maybe initially you were happy, but then you stopped being happy with that. So for me, what was important was doing something every day along these lines of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And I would get a little bit happier with where my life was going. And also, by the way, when you're exercising your idea muscle, what's going to happen almost automatically is business opportunities will start to happen. It might not happen tomorrow, but within three to six months, for me, it always starts happening. Once I, you know, sometimes I stop this daily practice and I lose everything again. And then I start it up again. And uh, within three to six months, I start seeing the opportunities. But look, if I die tomorrow, that's that's fine with me also. So <laughs> it's the growth, honestly, that pulled you from it, like just experiencing a little bit of growth, seeing a little change in your relationships in the way that you felt 
connected spiritually. And that little bit of growth inspired a little bit more each day, to paraphrase. Yeah. And you know, sometimes the growth is very painful. Like if, uh, let's say you have a, b- a bad relationship with your brother or sister, sometimes growth, quote unquote, in this sense, means stop talking as much to mm. a close family member. Yeah. Uh, because they could be sometimes, they know where all the buttons are and they're pressing them every time they talk to you. So sometimes you have to get out of unhealthy situations, even if it's a, a close family member. We, we sort of recreate our family every day. We get the choice to decide who's in our family today. And that, that's really important, you know, no matter what. So, so it, it was a dimmer switch more than an on and off switch. I was, I was excited to start having opportunities. I was excited when those opportunities started working out. But, you know, sometimes those opportunities would fail and I'd get right back to where I started. And that happens a lot. Like, I don't know, you know, there's a there's a band. I remember a band from the eighties called Suicidal Tendencies. Heck yeah. <laughs> and, and Black Flag and the Dead Kennedys. Yeah, and so I just uh if tomorrow everything ended, that that's fine with me. Wow. Wow. And, I, and but I say that in an optimistic way. Like I'm 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 happy with where my life is today. What what are you most proud of? Like in this moment, what are you most proud of? I am so proud that I am talking on the phone with you, Shaleen. You don't Aww. even know. And Aww. I'm serious. Like, Lewis Howes introduced us. Yeah. I met, I met Lewis two years ago. He's been a great friend since then. Just the idea that I'm building up, you know, and getting to know more and more great people. I never would have thought as a little kid that I would get to talk to such amazing people on Skype and on podcasts and everything all the time. It's, it's fantastic. That's such a compliment. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Have you, because I I think so many people assume that what we do requires this kid who is born with incredible confidence and that you've always been this way and that you can, you have these incredible relationships and opportunities because of your confidence. And we talk a lot about confidence on this program and how you build it kind of like a muscle that can atrophy if you're not like challenging yourself. Can you tell me or can you share with us one of the ways that you struggle with it, but build confidence yourself? I don't know if I ever build confidence. I'm always a little bit insecure, but two ways. One is I always double check. Am I I doing my physical practice, emotional, Mm -hmm. mental, spiritual? If I'm doing that and I've checked the boxes, then no matter what, I'm, I'm okay for today. And the best predictor of a successful tomorrow is a successful today. That's the only predictor of a successful tomorrow. And uh, so if I did that, then I don't worry about the confidence thing. I might, I, you know, well, what I do you not- tell yourself? What do you tell yourself when you're like, oh, God, this has me so nervous. I don't want to do I want to do this, but I'm doubting myself right now. Like, what is the conversation James has to get okay. himself through that? That's a great question because literally it's a conversation. So what hap- what I picture is there is some part of me inside of myself that's nervous and I picture what he looks like <laughs> and as bad as I look, this guy looks much worse and <laughs> I imagine him separate, literally separating from my body and I talk to him, I say hello, I ask him what his problems are, I invite, let's say I'm public speaking, I invite him to come up on the stage with me, he could stand right next to me. And, you know, that's it. And then after that, confidence takes over. Wow, that's a really cool practice. I've never heard that before. So it's like you're taking care of that person. 
Yeah, like I don't ever expect it to work, but I do it anyway. And it's amazing how much it works. It almost feels like this flood of oxytocin like goes through me. And, you know, when that person's walking, uh, you know, a little bit behind me to the right. I love this idea. I'm so stealing this. At least I have to try it myself. One of the things I am just so um, with you on and thrilled that so many people you know, receive your message is kind of like that transition of how to say no and, and why it's so empowering to say no and to choose yourself, to choose you. And if you can, can you share with us what is one of the most important things that people could take action on like today and by saying no to something, feel empowered to make more changes and more decisions to say no? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't know if I have like one specific answer. I mean, I almost think say no to just about everything mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. almost everything we are doing right now, we're doing because of some story we've been told. Like we go to college because we've been told the story that you can get a good job if you go to college or we try to make a lot of money because we've been told that uh, we'll be happier and find freedom. It's easier to be happier and find freedom if we have a lot of money. So this, these are all stories. Or, or you know, fight, I don't know, this political cause because it's the right thing to do. Now, it may or may not be, I don't know, but these are just stories that we're told. And so the best thing is to first say uh, no to that mm. and think about it yourself. But the, the real concept is when you choose yourself, what I mean there is, all the time we're trying to please somebody else. So let's say I wrote a book. I want other publishers to like it. I want mm-hmm. them to pay me, pay me money for it. Or let's say I write a screenplay. I want a movie production company to pick me. Or let's say I apply for a job. I want, my, I want this potential boss to pick me and give me a job offer. So we always want to be picked or chosen. And I sort of feel that the key thing is to understand to, is to get to a point in life where you do the choosing, like I want to do the choosing. And that doesn't necessarily mean having a lot of money. Like for instance, if you have a novel in your, in your bookshelf that you wrote and you never published it, well, you can upload it to Amazon today and publish it. Nobody mm-hmm. has to choose you yeah, to publish. Right. And, and by the way, it's free. So you didn't even need any money to do it. And it takes no time at all. And, and they give you choices of covers. They, they help you out for free. Uh, so there's many services like that. They're almost, almost everything you think you need to be chosen for, you could do the choosing. And this happens all the time in, in relationships also. Like, oh, I want this person to like me. So I'm going to do this, this for the first three months. I'm going to keep this mask on so they don't see the real me mm-hmm. and then they can choose me and then, and then I'm good. I have found that myself personally, the things that I feel torn to say yes to that I, it's like, I don't want to do this. But why do I feel torn to do it? It's often if I sit and allow myself to think through it, it's because I'm compelled to meet other people's perception of success. Like, I know that's not going to be good for me. I know that's going to take more time. I know I'm not going to make a lot of money to do that. And it doesn't make sense. But I feel like I should do this because other people will then assume I'm quote unquote important or relevant. Do you find that a common trap for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, you know, down to uh, writing a blog post. If people share it, I feel happier. If people don't, I I feel a little unhappy. But uh, <laughs> but that's just a that's just a challenge. We can't, you know, where 
at the end of the day, we're like, we're, we're for, for millions of years at heart, we're animals, we're mammals and mammals form in tribes and mammals very much rank themselves. Mm. So there's an alpha male, a beta male, all the way down to an uh, omega male. And, you know, if where, where are the you, females? The same thing. There's okay. alpha females, there's <laughs> beta females, and all the way down to omega. By the way, omega is not necessarily bad. You actually, if you don't have to worry about your position in the status, you could eat less food and work less hard and, and not worry about the beta male killing you. Hmm. So, so there's no bad point in the hierarchy, but humans are different a little bit because we, we have much more choice in what hierarchies we choose to belong to. And we have much more choice about where we want to be in those hierarchies. And so, you know, often it's a very natural thing to be disappointed if you're at, at what you feel is the wrong place for you in that hierarchy. And again, part of that's genetics and part of that is the stories we tell ourselves. So, you know, I try to just be uh, relaxed with wherever I am in the hierarchy. But I'll tell you recently, I, I did something. I found I was getting too disappointed if I wasn't getting enough. And this is the stupidest thing in the world. Like, <laughs> okay. I hate myself for admitting it. <laughs> okay. But like, I, I, found, I found myself getting too disappointed if I, I really love to write. And I was getting disappointed if I wasn't getting enough Facebook likes. Mm -hmm. So I, So I specifically, for like two or three days in a row, wrote what I thought were articles that would definitely not get any Facebook likes just to just to put it out there and and do it and just get over that fear and annoyance and you know it kind of worked like I stopped looking at how many likes I was getting as much it, it worked now is that part of when you talk about the stories that we tell ourselves and you know learning how to, to even just realize that process is going on how do, how do you catch yourself telling yourself these stories it's practice. So you have to really practice like, oh, like, here's an example. Often we walk through life, uh, either feeling anxious about the future or regretting the past. So, so I might be anxious. Well, gosh, I hope this deal goes through a month from now, or I might be regretting, uh, I lost all this money like 10 years ago, you know, and the key is not that regrets or anxiety are so bad because that that's like a judgment who need that's, that's actually making it even worse, right? You know, oh, now I'm judging myself for being anxious. Like, oh, how could I be so anxious? That's uh, so bad. So, but the key is to to practice noticing and then to do something about it. So instead of saying, uh, uh, "I'm so bad, I lost all this money," I start to say, "Oh, I notice I'm thinking thoughts mm. that, I, that I was so bad, I lost this money." So I try to put my some distance in my thoughts, and then I say, "Okay." I'm going to try to follow. This is a perfect opportunity for me to follow my own advice, even though I feel really horrible right now. And my own advice is to replace that bad thought uh, with some thought of gratitude and uh, or or write down 10 ideas or or do something, you know, helpful in the world. You're like breaking so, that pattern. In other words, I'm trying to practice noticing you know, this anxiety or regret, I call it time traveling. So I'm trying to notice when I time travel. Mm. And maybe I just need to look at spend some time looking at the rooftops around me. Usually, architects, they're not allowed to have fun with like the first couple of floors, but they have fun with the rooftops. So I'll, I'll look at the rooftops. And that kind of brings me back down to the present moment. I love that. I, I want to ask you about the right disease, the disease to be right. I have found 
in the past, especially when I was in a place saying yes to everything, that I also needed to be right and I needed to be the authority on everything. And so I would just kind of like force my opinion and my expertise and my knowledge down people's throats so that it would make me feel more important, I guess. And I've since learned that like, you know what, they are probably wrong and I'm just going to let it be because I can't change their opinion. I think that's one way to do it. Like I was just in a discussion with some company that's working out their press release strategy and I had a, we had a difference of opinion and I'm like, you know what? A, I might be wrong. B, it might actually be someplace in the middle. We don't know. And C, it probably doesn't matter because I'm going to die tomorrow anyway. So, uh, or who knows? Maybe the other guy will die tomorrow. So I don't want to, I don't want to cause him grief in his last day of life. You know, maybe he's going to have a horrible accident. So, uh, I never try to, uh, push because most of the time it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. And in terms, in terms of giving advice, I only tell my own stories. I never tell anybody else what to do because that's like telling somebody to go in a bookstore and, and you're going to love this book. Mm. Like maybe they will. Most of the time, I bet you have this experience. Most of the time people say, oh, you've got to read Fifty Shades of Grey. It's so great. And you read it and you're, or you start and you're like, oh my God, I, I, it's so boring, but my friend told me to read it. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So, so most of the time, just people don't know anything and <laughs> I don't know anything. So in other words, it's learning to say no to yourself before you like, waste all this energy and emotion and investment and just get yourself upset and this other person upset when you're probably not going to change their opinion anyways. You're never going to change their opinion. Like, let's say it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, and you're arguing, you're never, ever going to change their opinion. <laughs> like, even when, like, I might, like, for instance, for me, I'm a poor judge of character. I know this. But uh, I'll still argue about it. And maybe three years later, I'll realize, oh, you know, she was right again. Like, this person is just not the right person. And so you're never going to change anyone's opinion. And you might be wrong anyway. And, you know, in terms of the power of no, it's really important that you're not saying no. Let, let's, take, let's take a relationship where it's like a codependent type relationship where you're okay. really wishing the girl or the guy would call or whatever. It's not, it's not like you finally have to say no to them. It's you have to say no to this desire inside of yourself that you really need them to call in order for you to be happy. And that's really where the no is because the no is meaningless to them because they're already not calling you. So they could care less about whether you say no to them. You kind of have to say no to your own desire that they, they need to call you. They said they would call. They don't love me if they don't call. There's something else going on there that you have to say no to. Yeah. What about, you know, and so many people will ask about the relationships where they have less choice. And by that, I mean, it's a family member or it's someone you're married with and you have kids and you don't believe in divorce. And you find yourself in these situations where you're constantly saying yes and feel as though you're being selfish or self-centered if you don't continue to say yes. Right. So you made, you made a, uh, a critical statement there in the middle, which is you don't believe in divorce. Why wouldn't somebody believe in divorce? 
it's because maybe they believe in a story like, oh, mm. divorce, divorce is bad or divorce is against my religion. Religion, of course, is a story. Uh, religion's a great story. It's a story. Uh, it's, it's a way for billions of people to trust each other without knowing each other. Like, oh, you're the same religion as me. So, hey, we go back. But still, there are many negative stories that might constrict people uh, if, uh, because they believe these stories. So, for instance, I'm divorced. And it was really painful to get a divorce because, A, I felt shameful about it. Like, I was embarrassed. I didn't, couldn't make this work. I felt like I wouldn't be good. It would be, you know, Time Magazine has their cover story every year. Uh, divorce is bad for kids. So I would believe that story. Uh, I would believe the story that I was going to be lonely forever if I got divorced. I would believe the story that... I don't know. I was even ashamed to tell my friends. I was ashamed to tell my business associates. Wow. But, but like you have to, again, it wasn't like I had to say no to my ex-wife because heck, she was saying no to me all the time. <laughs> but uh, I had to say no to my own beliefs about divorce. And I think so many people struggle with that. And And as you've said, it's a story you're telling yourself in your head. Like, I have to say yes to this, you know, maybe it's an adult parent who you feel as though you're so, still supposed to be taking care of them and letting them make you feel like crap every day and saying yes to them because you're supposed to, quote unquote, be the good daughter or the good son. Yeah, that's a great example because and that's where people will say, oh, choosing yourself or the power of no is selfish. But, you know, if you're on a plane and the plane's crashing and the oxygen masks come down, what do they tell you to do first? Put it on yourself first. Right. You could have a one-year-old baby sitting next to you and you have to put the oxygen mask on your own face first because even if the baby might die, because you're, the baby's definitely going to die if you don't put the mask on your own face first. So the way to help others, the way to save the world is to help yourself <laughs> first. Wow, that's cool. That's a real. That, that's a really important message that people need to hear. Yes, there are situations where you have to be a provider to an elderly adult parent. But that doesn't mean boundaries automatically go away. That doesn't mean there's other alternatives, you know, where you can get helpers. It takes work to say no, but boundaries are important. Uh, choosing yourself for, for happiness and abundance and success is important. And, and for life, choosing yourself for life is important. Um, that's the way you give life to others is by first giving life to yourself. How do you feel about, you know, I'm getting better at saying no, I really am. I have to be a work in progress. I have to get better at this. What I'm working on now is learning to say no to something I've already said yes to, where I've already said yes, and I have to get over the fact that I'm going to feel like a flake and let this person down and that they'll never call me again because now I'm going to back out of something. But I'm, I'm learning to realize that I have to do that if I've made the mistake of saying yes to something I really, I can't do it now. Like, and it doesn't line up with my priorities. You know, it's funny because there's like layers of saying no. So the first layer, I'm realizing this now, you, you kind of made me realize this right now. <laughs> so the first layer of saying no is saying yes. So you basically just screwed up and you said yes to something <laughs> you wanted to say no to. Right. But the, the next layer is saying, oh, I'd really love to, but I broke my leg last night. I can't do it. <laughs> And so you you lie and you say no, the, the lying no. Got it. Um, and then the next layer is saying, no, I can't do it. I'm really busy. I got to do this. My husband doesn't want me to do it. My this or that doesn't want me to do it. I'm really sorry. I really wanted to. So it's sort of a lie, but you're giving a big explanation, like too long, uh, too long of an explanation. Mm -hmm. And then, and then 
the correct layer, I'm going to call it correct for myself. I, I don't know for anybody else. Okay. But the correct layer for me is to just say no. Mm. No explanation. Mm-hmm. Like no explanation is needed. We're Ouch. all, we're, we're, we're all, you know, it doesn't matter what, what anybody thinks of me is none of my business. Mm-hmm. What, what, we're all in this world for just like another 50, 60 years or so. And that's it. At best case. And it just doesn't matter. And so when you have evaluated something like say, for, I'm going to give you, for example, today, um, I told a friend that I could watch his daughter. Um, and yes, I could at that time. But since then, I need to change some things around with my schedule. And that meant that it was just going to be tough. It was going to be tough on my kids and figuring out how we're going to get back to the house. And so I just had to learn to say, oh, God, I'm going to flake on this guy. But it's the right thing for me to say, I'm sorry I said yes. Now I can't do it. And just be okay with the fact that he might never, you know, think of our family to help him out in a situation like that again. But it was the right thing for me to decide. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to do it every day. You're going to learn from this experience, too, and not say yes to things you really haven't buttoned up completely. Mm-hmm. Like you you did flake out. So and mm-hmm. this guy did depend on you and he's going to judge you for it. But you're going to learn and yeah. you'll get better. We're, we're all... We're, we're only human. We're not, we're not like these computerized robots that are perfect every time and have the same answer every time. Like life's complicated and things come up and people should understand that, but that sometimes they don't and there's nothing you can do about that. And you know how I know I can assess for myself personally that I'm getting better at this is just even retelling that story. It didn't make me feel upset because I know it's the right thing to do. So I can't worry and I don't worry. And I guess I don't feel upset when I've made a decision that might upset someone else. If I know it's the right thing for my family and my priorities, then I just, you know what? You might be upset with me and you might judge me and it doesn't rile me up. And that's how I know I'm growing. Yeah. And, you know, things happen like like a year ago, uh, I had said yes to speak at a conference and then with like. Actually, with three-month notice, I then, but they had already printed up their flyers. I had to tell them, look, I can't make it. I have to do something else. I, I was still in the explanation mode. And um, he never responded. He never talked to me again. He never invited me to speak at his conferences again. But look, I'm here. I'm, I'm on you know, a podcast with Shalene Johnson, and life is good. So That's right, baby. This, this guy is never going to call me again. Maybe that's for the best. I don't want to go to Colorado and speak at any more conferences there. <laughs> So <laughs> it's got the attitude you have to have, you know, what is what is it that you can see yourself doing five years from now? I can't predict. Mm-hmm. Here's what I know. When I do this daily practice and it's daily uh, physical, emotional, mental and spiritual health and particularly at 10 ideas a day. This is this is the fact that has happened to me every six months. My life is completely completely different really it's unrecognizably different really and um yeah it's amazing is there one piece that stays the same and i'm sorry to interrupt you but is there is there like a feeling that's always there or is there a consistent theme i mean it's not like you're driving flying a jet and then you're driving a tractor and then you're writing a book right no no it's almost like that oh my goodness it really is almost like that so so there's the only thing that i try and this is an effort to make consistent is this daily practice because I know if I do it, it's like an adventure. I, I have no idea where my life is going to be in six months. So for you to ask five years, I don't know. I could be like in in a real time machine and traveling through time for all I know. I don't know. That's an honest answer. I can accept that. 
What is one thing that Claudia, if I had her right now having a cup of coffee with me, if I asked her the one thing that she loves the most about you, character trait, what would that be? I think that she, she likes that I listen to her mm. and, that, and that I laugh at her jokes. I think she thinks <laughs> that she's not so funny and I, I laugh at her jokes. And I make, I make her laugh, so she likes that. Well, clearly, you are hysterical. Or what do you think she would say you need to work on? Uh, she thinks I schedule myself too much mm. and that I work on too many things at the same time, which she's probably right on. Like I, I, Every time I try to slow some things down, though, other things pop up. So mm. I, have to, I have to work on that a little bit. Now, that is exactly what my husband would say about me, and I try to make sure I give him permission to keep me accountable. Do you have that relationship with Claudia? Yeah, you know, it depends on the, on the circumstances, but uh, usually there's time limits for things or, uh, you know, I try to, if I'm going to talk on the phone, I try to walk outside the house if the weather's warm so I don't bother her. I talk very loudly on the phone. So uh, <laughs> things like that. But I, usually there's some boundaries we try to set and, and stick to them. Do you think that there's one thing you were kind of like made to do and you're really good at it? I don't know if I was made to do it, but I really enjoy writing and I really enjoy podcasting. I enjoy going on other people's podcasts and I enjoy doing a podcast. And I actually, even though I get very nervous, I enjoy public speaking um, because I like to, uh, uh, I, I focus very much on laughter in public speaking. And so I, I enjoy doing that. And when you say it makes you very nervous, but it doesn't make you very nervous what we're doing right now is public speaking via podcast, but that doesn't give you the same type of feeling as going in front of a live audience. Uh, I don't know. I was nervous before talking to you. Really? Yeah. That's so awesome. Doesn't it just make you feel alive? It does. Yeah. I always say I want a job that every day at some point during the day, I feel butterflies. Yeah, because it's a challenge. You know, it's out of my everything. I try to make everything out of my comfort zone and everything to some extent is. I Already today, I've probably like got out of my comfort zone a dozen times. So, but right now, this is, you know, definitely out of my comfort zone. What is? Doing a podcast? Yeah, with uh, the, the fitness expert. I've never, <laughs> you know. And look, I, I didn't even ask any questions about fitness. I tried to, I had a personal trainer once. Uh, when I first met Claudia, I figured, oh my gosh, she's a yoga instructor. I mm -hmm. better get a personal trainer because I've never worked out before. In my, I'm, I was afraid to go into a gym because I didn't know how to use any of the equipment. And I don't even like going into men's locker rooms. Like <laughs> everybody's just walking around. Like you see all these old guys walking around naked. Ew, ew, ew. Put a towel on. I don't get it. Yeah. So, Guess what? The old ladies do it, too. It's like, put a towel on. Come on. You don't have to blow dry your hair just standing there with everything hanging out. Yeah. Put a towel on. But but look, I was afraid in the gym, too, because I didn't know how to use everything. Everyone seemed like an expert, like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out my delts and then my tries <laughs> and then I don't know what else. And so so I got a personal trainer for like a year and, and I, I thought it worked very well. I really liked him. But then we moved. Well, it has been such an honor to speak to you. I love listening to your podcast. I love reading your, your blog posts. And I love the dichotomy when you connect with one of those gangster rappers. Like, there's nothing cooler than that in those stories. So I hope that people will take advantage of the time they can spend with you, like with you in their ear and listening to your amazing stories. And I highly recommend that anyone download the episodes with you and Claudia. Those are some of my favorites. They're some of my favorites as well. I, I, I like them. 
Please give her my best. And James, thank you so much for this time. Shaleen, thank you. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. You got it. I want to read something James wrote to you. He says, you and I are both the same. We need to wash our face in the morning, brush our teeth, shower, go to the bathroom, eat, fight the weather, fight colds that want to attack us if we're not ready, fight loneliness or learn how to love and appreciate the people who want to love you back and learn how to forgive and love people who are even more stupid and more cruel than we are. We're afraid to tell each other these things because they are all both disgusting sometimes and true. You and I have the same color blood. If I cut my wrist open, you can see the color of my blood. You look at it and see that it's the same color as yours. We have something in common. It doesn't have to be shameful. It's just red. Now we're friends. No matter whom you are or where you're from, I don't have to lie to get you to be my friend. Wow. That's amazing. I asked him before we started recording what's important to him. And James, um, as you can hear in the way he wrote that piece, it's honesty. And that's what made this interview so special. So James, if by chance you're still listening, I, I want to honor you for being honest. It's legit. Lifers, choose you. Choose yourself. Feel the power of saying no, saying yes to yourself. Do something that's crazy scary that gives you butterflies that, you know, you have to kind of talk yourself into it, but you know it's the right thing to do. It's right for you. Believe in yourself. I believe in you. And the scarier that thing is, the more rewarding the results. I promise you that. I'm here to take care of you. I love you. You mean the world to me. And I can't wait for us to spend a little bit more time together again soon. This is a special week. It's the launch of Marketing Impact Academy. If you haven't already heard, we only do this once a year. It's marketingimpactacademy.com. We only open up registration until it fills up and then we close it down and we don't open it back up for another year. If you are hearing this by chance and we've already closed registration, please be sure to get on the list and you'll be first to hear when we open it up again next year. It's a legendary event. I teach you everything I've learned and continue to learn about how to start and build an online business that allows you to live your life so you don't have to be a slave, so you don't have to spend a fortune. The time is now. There will never be another moment like this in time. We're going to look back on this on 2015 and say, do you remember when you could start a business for like 10 bucks? You could launch a website for like five bucks. We're going to say that. Don't be the person who says, dang it, I wish I had done that. You don't need to quit your job. You don't have to have any tech knowledge. I didn't. The time to build it is before you even have any idea what quote unquote it is. I want to be there for you. So thank you for your support of the marketingimpactacademy.com. And I hope you'll join me on my next podcast. I'm doing a few extras this week in honor of the Marketing Impact Academy. Until such time, don't forget, you are the bomb.com. <laughs>